welcome to this meaningful time of worship here at Trinity Baptist Church in San Antonio, Texas. With today's message by our pastor, Dr. Buckner Fanning, we hope and pray the Lord will speak to you in these next few moments as we enrich our hearts and lives through worship together. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. You make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord, who is my refuge. Then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. <clears throat> How many of you had water in your house uh, yesterday? We did. Now, we Baptists ought not to be intimidated by water, of all people, but... Uh, we had Avery and Megan, two of our grandchildren, spending the night with us Friday night. Steve and Debbie are out of town. And uh, Saturday morning, uh, we were having a good time, and then the rain started. And it first got into our garage, and we were out there trying to sweep it out. And Avery and Megan had brooms. And then it got onto the patio on the back, and then it got into the kitchen, and then it got into the... Uh, a dining room and then he got into the carpet in the living room and we were fighting it the whole time and we got uh, uh, our daughter-in-law, a daughter and son-in-law, George and, and Pilgrim and Lisa, went in high water and came back with some sandbags and some potted soil but just and we put it off. Any of you want to buy some potted soil? <laughs> I'll make you a deal. Uh, we put it around the doors there to, to keep, uh, to keep uh, most of the water out, or at least some of it out. And uh, so we had, uh, we didn't have water on the brain, but we had water on the floor and, uh, and still do. And if any of you shared that same plight, uh, my heart goes out to you. If you didn't share that plight, we live at 2327 
Blanton Drive and volunteers are, are accepted. I had people call, I've had people call from all over town today to find out if we were going to have church. And I said, yes, we're going to have it. And uh, I may be the only one there, maybe two or three of us. If I can get there, we're going to have it. And uh, Martha said to me after one of the calls, uh, remind them that Noah kept on preaching, <laughs> even in the rain, and uh, which he did. And uh, I, got, I got calls from television stations wanting to know if we'd canceled our services. And I said, no, we're going uh, to have it. You remember when we had that big 12-inch snow way back and the ice storm and all that? And we tried to get to church. We couldn't get out of our neighborhood. We couldn't get out. Um, so I called Bob Weidman, who was on our staff then and was for 25 years, Minister of Education and active in this church and in the lives of all of us. And Bob lives right over here on Prince's Pass. And I called Bob and I said, Bob, we can't make it, but we want to have church. So uh, he had church conducted services here that Sunday. And I think we had about eight uh, or nine people. So until the Lord comes back, unless there's a real disaster, uh, we're going to be here. You realize, speaking of Noah, do you realize, go back and read the 6th and 7th chapters of Genesis. Noah preached for 120 years without a convert except his own family. 6th chapter, 3rd verse. Most biblical scholars say that that's exactly what the scriptures say. You talk about preachers getting discouraged. Noah should have gotten discouraged. Preached for 120 years and no one was converted except his own family and got on the ark with him. But I tell you what, there are a lot of preachers that would like to have all their family uh, on the ark who accepted the Lord as Savior. And uh, it's important. You, you realize when Noah built that, it had never rained? It had never rained. The Bible says the water, the earth was watered by the mist, by the dew. So when it started raining, it didn't even what rain was. And then the Bible says that God broke up the fountains of the deep. Great springs began to bring up. And Noah kept inviting people to get on the ark. People that worked on the ark never got on it. You can work in church and never get in it. They didn't get in it. And then there's one of the most startling verses of Scripture in all the Bible. After God, after God through Noah had invited people to get on the ark, he said, okay, Noah, tell them to get on. Got all the animals on there. Get your family on there. And Noah... Did Noah shut the door? The Bible says God closed the door, which means it's time to get on the ark if you've never gotten on the ark. That's not the sermon. I have another sermon that's just burning in my heart, but I had to talk about Noah a while. Let's sing what you'd like to sing today. Tommy, come up here and uh, take the hymnal, and you have something that we haven't sung in 100 years that you'd like us to sing, or something that we sing every Sunday that's your favorite uh, let's now it's hard to hear up here if you don't make it's this room is difficult to hear unless you speak very loudly so stand up and let us or at least speak loudly and let's sing what you want to sing Tommy <laughs> see I just pointed let me go over to the guy who's had his hand up ever since he came to the sanctuary what was it yes sir you want to say it or sing it Okay, that's in the hymnal. Have to find it. It's called the New 23rd. The New, the New 23rd, page 53. It's 
not in your Bible, that's in the hymnal. <laughs> 53, 5, 3. Because the Lord is my shepherd. Now Merle's having to find the hymnal. It's in the key of C. It's in the key of C.
We are going to do one other thing that we plan to do this morning, and that was have Martha sing. Martha Fanning has been a minister to all of us for 39 years. Charlotte and I in particular for 23. Martha, would you come and share a word, a song that's on your own heart? And we'll get you up here on the high level, so to speak. Yeah. Of course, when we came, I was hardly born 39 years ago. <laughs> wow. I only thought elderly, elderly people stayed that long, but not us, of course. That just made a difference. Um, this is the church. This spirit that you feel right now is the church. And this morning with 48 people, that was the church. If this were filled, that would be the church. And I want to sing about that today. Michael Sanford and I uh, were practicing <coughs> this week about this morning and I um, I couldn't get this song off my mind. I had no idea, I've never sung it in my life, but I had no idea that it would be so fitting as it is today, but God seemed to know that we were gonna have a storm. Um, this just really undoes me sometimes when I think about how God plans a service sometimes before we do. Tommy and Buckner many times do not know the subject of each other's music, and it's the same thing. So I would like to sing a song that really, to me, describes what the church really is. And interestingly enough, the church is always called a ship. And we could use a ship today. And the interesting thing, too, that in that ship are people who have many, many things that join them together, but two things particularly, and we have it this morning. One is that we settled our choice upon Christ as our Lord. We have settled that choice. And the second is we are looking forward to and expecting his return to come get us. Now this ship may have a few little stormy bumps now and then, but this is an exciting song that I'd like to share with you that Bill and Gloria Gaither wrote, and it means a lot to me.
that was wonderful. Martha, that's good. Oh, she's, I've never heard her sing that before. Until about 4 o'clock this morning, I heard her <laughs> singing that. Morning. Michael, you're so good. That was so magnificent. Just terrific. You know, um, I want to talk about what God does for us. And uh, if you'd like to follow in your Bible, turn to number, page number 605 to Psalm 116. Page 605. Now, let me mention about these Bibles. I uh, hope sometimes people will inadvertently take them home. And uh, but we really want to try to keep them in church. But let me, we're going to say this every Sunday. We'd like you to leave that here. But we have over 2,000 Bibles. We have over 2,000 Bibles, paperback Bibles. I have about a few hundred of them already been moved up here this past week into the uh, deacon's room back there. And after each service, I want the ushers, uh, the ushers room back there, I want to remind the ushers when we get back to big church on the next Sunday when we have more uh, ushers here. But I'd like us to have some Bibles at every exit so that anyone who doesn't have a Bible, we'll give them to them. And uh, they need more than one, we'll give them more than one. We have that many to give away, but these we have, we'd like to keep here in church so we could follow in the scripture together. Psalm 116. He begins with four great words, I love the Lord. In other words, as Martha just sang, he'd settle that question. He'd settle that question. And we all have to settle that question. Simon Peter had to deal with that question. Simon Peter had his ups and downs. He had his good days and his bad days. One moment, one moment he was praising the Lord, the next moment he was denying one moment he was making the great confession, the next moment he was cursing the name of the Lord. I mean, he, he knew the best of times and the worst of times. And then one of the most beautiful, tender stories in all the Bible is that 21st chapter of John. When Simon Peter, after denying the Lord, thought that he was no longer on the team. I mean, he was no longer not on the first squad. He was not on the second squad. He, was not on the third. he wasn't even on the traveling squad. He didn't even make the cut. He wasn't going to go anywhere. He was through, so he said, I'm going back to the boats. I'm going fishing. I tell you one thing, it's a tragedy for anybody to be called by God and go back to the boats. You'll never be happy in the old boat if you've ever been called to be something for the Lord. Simon Peter said, I'm going back to the old life. And you know how Jesus again in his gentle way, always pursuing, came after him. And uh, Simon Peter jumped overboard when he realized it was Jesus standing on the bank who had built a little fire early in the morning and called out to them, have you caught anything? Simon Peter jumped overboard and swam ashore. And Jesus asked him three questions. He didn't ask him if he promised never to curse again. He didn't ask him if he promised never to deny him again. He didn't make him, he didn't ask him any negative questions. He asked a simple question, do you love me? Because that sums it all up, doesn't it? Do you love me? As far as God's concerned, that sums it all up. That settles the question. Do you love me? And he asked him three times to give him a chance to cancel out all three denials, which he had done three times. He had denied the Lord. 
having promised never to do that, but he did it. And that makes some of us feel good, feel hopeful at least. Some of the times when we feel like we may have denied him, we can come back, as Simon Peter did, with an affirmation, Lord, I love you. And the psalmist begins with that. I don't know whether David wrote this psalm or not. We're not sure. But it does begin with those four words. I love the Lord. And then he starts telling us what the Lord does to show his love to him. It begins with this statement of the psalmist's love for God. And then he starts telling what God's love does for him and what God's love will do for all of us. Listen to it. He heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the simple-hearted. When I was in great need, he saved me. Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good for you. For you, O Lord, listen to it, listen to this testimony. It's just marvelous. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. My, what God has done for us. It's echoed again in the 145th Psalm. 13th verse, the Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. And then listen to Jesus' statement from the 10th chapter of the Gospel of John, 27th verse. My sheep listen to me and listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. No one can snatch us out of God's hand. Now, I wrote here in the margin of my Bible just some one-word statements of all that this man is telling us that God has done for him, and it's a reflection of what God has done in your life or will do in your life or maybe has done in our lives that we weren't sensitive to it. We were not cognizant of it at the time. He, he heard my voice. Now, frankly, I kind of like that King James translation of that verse that says, he inclined his ear toward me. I like that. Somehow that wording just resonates with me. He inclined his ear to me. I had a bad car wreck in 63. I had my skull fractured along with some other more serious problems, but I had some nerve damage in the inner ear, and so it caused what they call tinnitus or tinnitus or something, you know, people who are around a lot of gunfire, loud noises, have this nerve damage in there, and it causes you to have this real high ringing uh, voice in your ear, 
it, if it's quiet at all, you can just hear it. It's like a cricket, just a constant cricket. It, it just drives you crazy. It, it's like a dripping faucet at night. And so I always go to sleep with a little music on. It kind of helps me uh, to go to sleep because you get to listen to it. It's like listening to a dripping faucet. That's all you can hear. How many of you happen to have the same problem? Well, you know how frustrating that uh, that is. And so it, this high little ring. When I go into a hotel or spend the night somewhere, when I'm speaking somewhere, they say, Bugner, we're going to get the hotel. And we told them, give you a nice quiet room. I said, no, frankly, put me out there where I can hear the 18 wheelers at night because I need some noise to drown out the, uh, the sound in my, in my ear. But uh, so sometimes when you're talking to me, if, you, if I seem to be cocking my head, it's because I'm inclining my ear uh, toward you. Now, the Lord does that not because he's hard of hearing, but just because he wants to be sure that he's hearing everything that we are saying. He hears us, and here's another. He not only hears us, but he listens to us. And you know that, that that's not, those are not synonyms. Sometimes we can hear somebody but not really be listening to what they're saying. Because sometimes they're saying a lot more than they're saying. So we need to ask God to help give us the capacity to not just hear, but to hear. You remember Jesus once said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. So God listens to us. Not just hears us, he listens to us. He protects us. He delivers us from our fears. Avery needed to be delivered from her fears yesterday and be reminded that the rainbow is there. The rainbow is always there. We can't always see it, but it always comes. He sustains us. He helps us stand and walk. He saves us. Verse 13. I will lift up my, the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord. I accept salvation. I will keep my promises. I will give a thank offering to God, and I will do so publicly. Listen to this. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. He was not ashamed to give publicly, not only to give his offering publicly, but to give his testimony publicly. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you. Before that, he says, O oh Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have freed me from my chains. Chains. I, I want the people to know about you. I don't mind being public with my faith. That doesn't mean to get on a soapbox and start preaching down to people, it means start sharing with people what God has done for you. I had an impression, I shared it for the first time publicly this morning, and uh, Tommy was taking some notes, and I think it's a good idea, so we're going to do this. And in a couple of weeks, I want us to pass out cards in church that at the top will say something like, I promise to pray for, and when the opportunity comes, this is too wordy, but the idea, when the time comes, share my witness with these persons. And then I want to have three places there. One, two, three, blanks. And I want everybody in church. Now, some people won't do it. 
Ten people may, 500 people may, 1,000 people may. I don't know. But I want to ask everybody to write down the name of someone you're concerned about. The someone you're concerned about. Three people. And you're going to pray for them. Three people who either do not know the Lord or who, if they do, are a long way from the Lord. And you're going to pray for them. The commitment will be, I want to pray for this person, these persons, for a year. I will not only pray for them, but I'm going to ask God to give me the opportunity to share with them in a loving way what you have done for me. And I want you to stick that in your purse or to stick it out in a date book. I carry a date book. Man, I've got everything in there. If I lose that, I don't know when to brush my teeth, when to get up in the morning, when to go to bed. I don't know when to take a shower. I have everything. I, I live by that. I can lose that, and I'm, I'm sunk. I can lose this Bible for a while. I don't want to. It's a treasure, but I, I can get another Bible, but I can't get another day book. So I want to have that in that day book so I'll see it. I'll see it every day more than once, reminding me of somebody that needs the Lord or needs to get things right in their life with the Lord. I'm going to pray for them. And if you do that, God will open the door for you to share something with that person. You ask him, and there's one thing he will do for sure. If you're interested in somebody, he'll make a tactful situation in which you will be able to speak to their hearts because the Holy Spirit will have already gone on ahead of you and opened the door in their heart and made them susceptible to what you're going to say and make them receptive to what God's going to say through you to them. So you just plow the ground with prayer and then watch for the opportunity to come to get the harvest. And it will happen. It will happen. For God has promised his word will not return void. And that uh, if we pray, God's people pray and show, sow the seed and ask God to help open the door, he will open the door and then we walk in. So here's a way we can make a thank offering to God. We can make a thank offering to God by making a commitment to be a witness and to share with other people. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you. Sacrifice. A big word that's so seldom used and even less seldom practiced. And then it ends. He ends with three great words, praise the Lord, which is really one word. In some translations, it will be hallelujah. Many of you know, particularly you musicians know, that hallelujah cannot be translated from one language to another. It's the same in all the languages of the world. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's made up of two Hebrew words. H-A-L-L-E-L-U, hallelujah, means, it's, it's, a, it's an imperative verb that means praise ye. Praise ye. It, it's a command from God to his people. Praise ye. Hallelujah. J-A-H really comes from Yahweh or Jehovah. You see, the Hebrews weren't, they knew how to pronounce that word Jehovah, which means Lord, but it was such a holy name to them that they never wrote it down. So we really do not know how it was spelled. So most scholars think it was the, the consonants J-A-W-H. Uh, we don't know what the vowels were, so they think it was something similar to Yahweh, what we call Jehovah, which is translated Lord. Well, they wouldn't even write it down. It was such a holy thing for them. They would not even write it down. 
But that is what that J-A-H stands for, because it's sometimes J-H-W-H, sometimes it is V-H-W-H, but that's what it stands for. It stands for the Lord. It stands for Jehovah. Now, there are other names for God. Elohim is the name for God. That's the name of creation. That's the name of the God of the God of the universe, El Shaddai. That's the God of the covenant, the God that promises to keep his covenant. Uh, but Jehovah means he is the God of revelation. He is the God of grace. He is the God who is dwelling with his people. Yahweh, Jehovah, Lord, Alleluia, is praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why not praise the Lord who listens to us, protects us, and delivers us, and sustains us, puts us back on our feet and helps us stand and walk and who saves us and who keeps his promise to his people. Who wouldn't praise such a Lord? You never know. However large or small the crowd, however well you may know many people, there may be someone here today who has never made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ. Let me share a witness with you right now. Let me join the psalmist. Let me join the writers of the scripture. Let me join those millions of Christians across the centuries who, if they could, would stand here and say to you, you'll never regret trusting the Lord. Never. You'll have only one regret when you do. And you will have one regret when you do trust him. And that regret will be that you didn't trust him sooner. That you missed even one day of knowing him. So if you've never trusted him, I urge you to trust him today. You may want to join this church or another. We'd let you join and help you join, encourage you to join any church. But join yourself to the Lord by faith today if you've never done that. If you want to come to be a part of this church, from another church, whatever church, doesn't make any difference. If you want to be a part of Trinity, we invite you to come. It's inclusive. It's open to anybody and everybody. And I'll be here to greet you. Maybe you'd like to come and just kneel and pray and rededicate your life and return to your seat. If you just want to come and say, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. Stand and sing an invitation to him softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling. I'll be here to greet you. Let's stand.